0: Working Class Intelligentsia, a podcast for working class intellectuals about Antonio Gramsci. Start from episode one or jump around to whatever episode looks interesting. In this episode, I'll finally cover one of Gramsci's essays, one of the first essays Gramsci ever published. In it, he defends Mussolini, the same Benito Mussolini that invented fascism. Before inventing fascism, Mussolini was a respected Marxist. As World War I was heating up, Mussolini protested the war, but only a few months later, his opposition to the war was softening. He was beginning to appeal to Italian nationalist sentiments. Many criticized Mussolini's softer position, but Gramsci defended it. This essay will also hit on a few other topics. We will discuss Red Week, a week of major labor upheaval in Italy just before the war, World War I. We'll discuss the Second International, an international socialist organization. We'll discuss Mussolini and Angelo Tosca. June 7th through 14th, 1914, is called Red Week. Red Week was a moment when an uprising of pockets of workers throughout regions of Italy failed to make lasting changes. Red Week was a real-world test of the working class's readiness for the revolution, and they failed. Multiple ingredients coalesced to trigger the uprising, including the assassination of three anti-military protesters. My internet research did not give a satisfying description of them nor of the situation, but the important part was that in response to the murders of the PSI, the Italian Socialist Party called for a general strike throughout Italy. It had mixed results. Red Week is a great example of something I have been running into repeatedly since studying Gramsci. The Internet has practically no acknowledgment of its existence, at least on the English-language Internet. There are a few references to it in English, but it appears that one must read Italian in order to learn about it with any depth, or one must purchase out-of-print books. Multiple epic labor actions in Italy around the time of the Great War are not even referenced, for example in comprehensive lists and databases of general strikes. It makes me think this incredible era in Italian history has remained hidden from most accounts of labor history. During Red Week, in a few isolated cities, the workers proved their strength and organization, but these successes were few and far between. Additionally, in many cases, workers rioted and destroyed both private and public property. Like in Portland in 2020, the destruction of property turned the middle class against the protesters. The military sent in a 100,000 troops to end the protests. Socialists concluded the proletariat did not have the power, organization, and discipline necessary in order to become the hegemonic class in Italy. Yet, Red Week triggered the PSI to recognize that the workers that had mobilized had valued anti-militarism. Consequently, the party decided to take a stance of absolute neutrality towards World War I, when, a few weeks later, it started. June 28, 1914, Franz Ferdinand was assassinated. Very quickly, most of Europe picked a side and joined the war, though Italy remained neutral for almost a year. Although the workers that went on strike during Red Week opposed war, much of the working class throughout Europe felt a sense of nationalism, moving them to enlist to fight for their country. In contrast to this, socialists believed wars were started by the ruling class, which had become the capitalist class. The working class were the pawns, killing each other so the capitalists could gain access to greater pools of natural resources, from which they could generate more profit. In order to create an international socialist identity and aid in coordination between socialists from various countries, they created an organization known as the International. At the beginning of World War I, the International was actually the Second International. The First International existed from 1864 to 1876. The Second International was a continuation in the mission of the first, except that it excluded the anarchists, an important element of the left and the labor movement at that time, especially in Italy. The anarchists will continue to play an important role in the story of Italy in the time of Gramsci throughout this podcast. As World War I was getting started, the international came together to develop a strategy. France took the most extreme stance calling on the working class to end the war by calling a general strike they thought if the workers refused to fight and refused to work the capitalists would have no option but to surrender to the will of the workers but of course a general strike would not be successful especially in italy where red week had recently proven the working class was not unified most socialists at the international wanted to walk a fine line, finding a strategy that harnessed the working class's nationalism without actually supporting the war, rather than France's ideologically purest internationalism. Rather than taking a strong stance, the international agreed to merely, quote, exploit the war to bring about the proletarian revolution, a far more passive strategy. We have covered Red Week and the Second International's response to World War I. Let's talk about Mussolini, the guy Gramsci was defending and shouldn't have been defending. If you are not familiar, Mussolini is the guy who invented fascism. He grew up a socialist and by 1914 had become a major figure in the Italian Socialist Party, the PSI. In 1911, he spent five months in jail For his anti-war activism. He was awarded the position of editor of the PSI newspaper Avanti. After he kicked a few socialists out of the party for being pro-war as editor of the socialist paper Avanti, he grew the readership from 20,000 to 100,000. Apparently he was doing something right. In August of 1914, Mussolini published an article titled, down with the war, we remain neutral. Yet, by October, Mussolini's position had changed radically, and he had begun arguing for intervening in the war, making the case that the war would prepare the working class for the proletarian revolution. The PSI's official position was absolute neutrality, so the party leaders pressured Mussolini to step down from his position as editor of Avanti. Mussolini did so on October 20th, 1914. On November 15th, 1914, he formed his own paper, Il Popolo d'Italia. Now let's talk about Gramsci's article, An Active and Functional Neutrality. It was published on October 31st, 1914, in the newspaper of the Turin chapter of the Italian Socialist Party called Il Grido del Popolo. In it, Gramsci clarifies and defends the stance Mussolini took towards World War I. One of the key elements of Gramsci's argument is to delineate between different kinds of neutrality. Gramsci was promoting an active neutrality, but I do not see him promoting intervention in the war. From what I can tell, when Gramsci wrote his article, he was ignorant of the fact that party leaders had already asked Mussolini to resign from Avanti. Mussolini's sin appears to be that he told the capitalists, if you want to go to war, the working class will not sabotage your actions. And to be clear, Gramsci's piece is not responding to Mussolini, it is responding to A.T., Angelo Tosca, Gramsci's personal friend, possibly the friend that got him to join the PSI in the first place. Tosca went on to fight both fascism and Stalinism for decades. His name will come up over and over again throughout this podcast. In Tosca's refutation of Mussolini, he made the case that the working class did not have the power or organization to shift events in their favor, so neutrality was strategically necessary. Gramsci responded to Tosca, arguing after the working class expressed anti-military sentiments during Red Week, It made sense for the party to establish a position of absolute neutrality in relation to the war. But a few months later, Gramsci believes absolute neutrality has become a reformist slogan and must be abandoned for one that prepares the workers for revolution, preparing the workers for class struggle. As I explained in previous episodes, Gramsci rejected the reformists. I am a democratic socialist. He would probably call me a reformist, though I would argue that the material conditions have changed dramatically since Gramsci wrote, and so we would need to have more nuance in these distinctions. But, returning to his article, Gramsci wants the working class to force the capitalist class to own its own failures, to own the fact that it caused the war in the first place. He believes this could help the PSI to grow their membership. In my opinion... While he may have been right that it would grow membership, Gramsci's argument is extremely weak and naive. From what I can tell, Gramsci is agreeing with and repeating Mussolini, but I believe it is not very well thought out. Writing 107 years later, I find that the capitalist class always finds a way to avoid taking responsibility for the wars that it gets us into, even when those wars are failures. Gramsci says he believes the core of Tosca's argument was mistaken. Gramsci defends Mussolini for encouraging the bourgeoisie to attack Austria. Gramsci, believing the best of Mussolini, believes this means the latter is not promoting war, but rather that Mussolini wishes the bourgeoisie to fail and believes Tosca fails to recognize this. Gramsci believes failure may allow the working class to take the reins of government. Gramsci admits Mussolini is not clear in his article, and he must guess at exactly what Mussolini was trying to say. From the little bit I know about Mussolini in history, I suspect Gramsci is overestimating Mussolini's socialist allegiances at this moment. Eventually, Mussolini clearly rejected class politics, replacing them with nationalist fascism. And then Gramsci closes with an expression of confidence in the intelligence of the working class to understand what the situation requires. That's all for today. Next time, we'll discuss an article in which Gramsci expresses his frustration with those who try to keep out the uninitiated from experiencing and appreciating high culture, art, literature, etc., and his wish to uh, share that with the working people.